The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. What's happening, everybody? It's Friday. It's your Friday and weekend edition of Fantasy NBA Today, a hoop ball presentation. I'm your host, Dan Bespris. You can follow me on Twitter at Dan Bespris, D A N B E S B R I S. And of course, Hoop Ball is at Hoop Ball Fantasy on Twitter. And the website is hoop ball.com. Right at the front end here on Fridays, you guys are probably used to this by now. I want to tell you what you got coming up. On our special Friday weekend edition of the show, this has become, I think, a pretty popular format for an end-of-the-week podcast. I also want to take a second here at the front end to once again request that anyone who has 65 to 90 seconds, please drop a five-star review on the podcast. And if you want to write something, that's fine, but you don't have to. Whatever service you're using, if you can figure out a way to give a nice review and hit that subscribe button, that is all part of what helps us slowly build on top of this thing and continue to grow. Sometimes actually not that slowly, uh, but in the middle of the season, it's a bit more slowly because people have kind of figured out what they're doing with their fantasy teams by now. You know, like there's not a whole lot left to cover. So hopefully, with your help, we can continue to add a few people here and a few people there. And anybody listening to this show for a very first time today, I welcome you with open arms. And if you need help trying to do that, uh, open the podcast app on your Apple-branded mobile device. Click on the search button, search for Fantasy NBA Today. Choose the show title and then scroll to the bottom. If you're doing it on iTunes, search for Fantasy NBA Today. Click on the show and then there's a rate and review tab. So thank you in advance for all of you that have been continuing to do that. And for those that decide this is the weekend where you feel comfortable doing it now. On these Friday shows, we have a what's well, basically a week in review segment, which is the, the the bulk of the program, actually, where we go through the ads, my favorite ads of the week, meaning ads are guys that I think have season-long implications. Drops, guys that are uh, generally over-rostered that have begun to underperform or just don't have that, that season-long output anymore. Holds, guys that are uh, fairly well rostered, but I'm seeing dropped in leagues, and I don't agree with the decision. Streamers, guys who have a ton of value right now, but there's a very clear reason, and that reason has a good chance of going away. And watch list guys, dudes that didn't quite make the cut in any respect, but we're, you're keeping a close eye on them. See what happens even on a game-to-game basis. They might move into one of these other categories. Let's dive right on in. Normally, we have some buy low and sell high stuff going on, but I don't think there are really any good ones. Like last week, we had Davis Bertans as a buy low. We had Kemba Walker as a buy low. We had Russ as a buy low. That one wasn't, hasn't hit yet. The other two, oddly enough, have cashed in already. So those guys turned quick on a dime. Mostly Davis, who had that gigantor game. So that one definitely off the table. If you can still buy low on Kemba, I would still do it. Harder, I admit, in head-to-head than Roto because he's going to sit out back-to-backs. But I think you guys know where I'm coming from on this stuff. So let's start with the ads, because those are the guys that I think deserve an explanation to go along with it. And arguably my favorite out of the week is not Sadiq Bey, who is on the list here, and we'll get to him in a second, but my favorite out of the week is Theo Maladon. And I spent some time on podcasts earlier this week detailing why, but we'll go over it again here for folks that just listened to the Friday show. Maladon has upside that the other 
young players in Oklahoma City don't. I'll explain why. And it's not like if you look at his season-long numbers, they don't scream massive upside. He's uh, number 267 in 23 minutes per game of basketball action. So you extrapolate that to 30, it doesn't feel like it's a big difference-maker kind of performance. But here's the thing. His stuff is a bit weighted by a, a screwy sample size. Because he had some games where he played slightly larger minutes earlier in the year. He also had a bunch of games where he played about 18, 19 minutes and didn't really get into the flow. Here's a few things you can look at with Maladone and why I remain pretty confident about his abilities going forward. Number one, he's shooting 71% at the free throw line on the season, but, and this is actually kind of a critical importance actually, he's made 11, 12, excuse me, of his last 13. So since he's started to play more consistently, the free throw number has been good. Early in the year when his minutes were bouncing all around, the only time he saw playing time was when George Hill sat out a back-to-back. He was shooting like around 50%. And again, limited sample on both ends of that. The, you know, he made three of his first six, then he made two out of three, and then he went 0 for 2. I'm trying to do quick math on the fly here. I think that's, what, 11... 11 free throws, and he made five of them? Five out of his first 11? So pretty clearly, that's not who he was now, as we've seen the, the stroke starting to come around a little bit. But the free throw 11 out of 12, I mean, that's a, that's a much clearer descriptor of what he's good at. Also, you know, the games where he was playing 17 minutes, 17, 18 minutes, almost all of his shots were three-pointers, and it's not clear that they were in the the flow of whatever the offense was going on. It might have just been an opportunity for him to get a few up and and kind of chuck away. Since he's come back, well, since George Hill went down, Maladon had a couple of games and then had to hit the COVID protocol list and then came back here recently, and he's played two since returning. I like what I'm seeing. Namely, he has at least one steal in seven consecutive ball games, which admittedly does have a 10-day break in the middle of all of that, but that's still notable. He went 1 1 2 6 1 1 2. So that's 14 steals over seven games. He's averaging two steals a game uh, over those, those seven games. About, you know, normally, that would be about two weeks' worth of basketball. Only one block. That's fine. Not really what we're into here. Over those same seven ball games, basically starting January 27th, when he kind of slid in and started playing more traditional starters' minutes, he has three threes, six. 1 1, 2 0, and 4. The 0 was his game coming back from the health and safety list, presumably having COVID. He was out for 10 days. I, I guess I don't know for sure. Uh, that. Actually, there's a. Did I say the 3 at the front end of that? I may have missed the 3 at the beginning of that thing. In any event, uh, I also might have said it. That's 17 three pointers over those seven games. So that's two and a half. Um, field goal percent is probably not going to be magical he's he's a guard so a lot of his stuff is coming from outside he's shooting about 45 46 percent over that stretch maybe you just did uh uh yeah somewhere in that neck of the woods and the assists are probably going to be in the i would say three neck of the woods over that stretch is two three one four six three and two because shea gilgis alexander is going to be the point guard when he's healthy and on the floor and so maladone is kind of playing shooting guard but if you're out there for 30 minutes and you're a guard, 
you're probably just going to bungle your way into three assists a ball game. Just unless you're chucking, which he's not, you'll pass it to someone who does. Turnover's a bit on the high side, but, you know, young guy, that'll probably settle itself in. So you're talking about now a point guard, shooting guard, hybrid kind of player who, you know, you're looking at probably about three rebounds because he's not a big dude. What's Maladon at? 6'5", 175. So he's still pretty slender. Um, I guess it's Teo Maladon. He's, uh, he's out of France. Um, the key here is the upside. Where does the upside come from? The upside comes from the steals, the threes, and maybe assists if he does start to distribute a little bit more, if he starts to, to make a few passes and get to kind of orchestrate a little, maybe when Shea's not on the floor. Of all of those guys, of all the young guys on the Thunder, he has the fantasy game that can actually hit value because the other guys, the other young guys, Diallo, difficult, big hole, doesn't hit the three ball, turns it over, doesn't shoot the free throw well at all. Darius Baisley, both percentages, both percentages are issues. Lou Dort doesn't really rebound or assist and percentages, not very good. With Maladon, your one thing you're looking at is field goal percent. If that goes into the toilet, yeah, he probably ends up with not a stellar fantasy week. And But it's not a guarantee. Because if you look at just the last couple of games, his two games since coming back, that's top 100 level stuff. 10.5 points, 3.5, 2.5, steals, two three-pointers, made his free throws, missed a lot of his shots, but he's, what is he, three for seven average over these two games since coming back. The reason I like him as an ad and not just a streamer is that I don't know that George Hill ever really plays full-time point guard minutes again. If he comes back and he's still with Oklahoma City, they probably timeshare it, which does make Maladon hard to use in a roto games cap format because if you want if you're throwing him out there you want him playing 31 32 minutes a game unlimited games you can just ride him playing 24 minutes until george hill has moved or bought out like there's very small chance that hill finishes this season with oklahoma city there's no reason for it the reason al horford probably does is because his contract has a few years left on it george hill doesn't have that same thing hanging over him so theo maladon who is uh, a streamer with benefits right now. I'm still trying to make that a thing. He's a streamer that could turn into a rest-of-season guy. He is one of my favorite ads of the week. Royce O'Neal is on my ad list, not because he did something extra special recently. He's on my ads list because he's one of the most under-rostered fantasy players in the, in the NBA, or players, I guess, fantasy or regular, in the entire NBA, this is a dude in nine cat who's sitting at number 83. And I know what your first thought is, Dan. Is he doing it because he's extraordinary in turnovers? The answer is, meh. Like, he's, he's a low turnover guy. You know, 1.1 turnovers per game. That is one of his stronger suits. But really, the thing that jumps out is how little he scores. The problem is that it clouds the fact that he's a positive impact rebounder, a positive, narrowly, positive impact three-point shooter, basically just a hair under league average in assists, a hair under league average in steals, slightly above league average in shot blocking, 
well above league average in free throw shooting, and just slightly, almost right on league average in field goal percent. We've done this exercise before, guys. If you can find someone who's league average in everything, you have a top 70 fantasy player. And that's basically what Royce O'Neal is with one negative, scoring. Scoring is what bumps him down from top 65 to top 90. Or whatever he's at, 80, 88, is that what I said a minute ago? If he scored a little bit more, he'd jump from 88 to 65, like in a, in a moment, in a ball game. And we can find this example again of someone who's very close to league average in everything. And if you add up basically all the, the distribution there, you end up with someone who's around league average. Oddly enough, Harrison Barnes is pretty damn close to league average in everything. Slightly below it in blocks and uh, slightly above it in free throw percent. And he levels off to number 74 on the year so far. What about someone who doesn't have that big negative that Harrison Barnes has in blocks? If we could find someone who's within like a half standard deviation of league average in every statistical category. That guy, by the way, is basically slow-mo and he's number 57. He's above league average in assists. No, sorry, in steals. Am I looking at the number right here? Yeah, in steals and everything else is almost right on league average. He's a 14, 6, 3.5, just over a steal a game, 0.8 blocks. Slight, I mean, if, if here, I'll give you the up and down. I'll start and I'll work my way across with him. Points, slightly below. Three-pointers, right on it. Rebounding, slightly above. Assists, slightly above. Steals, a little more than slightly above. Blocks, slightly above. Field goal percent, slightly below. Free throw percent, slightly below. Turnovers, ever so slightly above. So one, two, three, four, five. Of the nine categories, he's slightly above. And four of the nine categories, he's slightly below. So he's ever so slightly above league average overall, and he's number 57. I do this long explanation to bring bring it back to Royce O'Neal, who, for whatever reason, is only 35% rostered in Yahoo leagues, despite being ranked number 60 by totals on the year so far, and number 80, anywhere between 83 and 90, depending on what metrics you're using on a per-game basis in nine-category leagues. There is absolutely positively no reason why this guy should be floating around on waiver wires, and yet, here we are. I know what you're thinking. You're like, Dan, I'm punting X or whatever, turnovers. Yeah, you know what? Even if you were punting turnovers, he's still somewhat useful because a lot of guys fall back if you wipe out the low turnover value. He needs to be on fantasy teams. It's really, it's, it's quite odd. Um, and, and he's just not in a lot of spots. Go figure. Also on the weekly Dan Vespers ad list, Sadiq Bey sort of looped around to get to this one. Eventually we got there. We got to Sadiq Bey after all. Bey has now moved into the uh, permanent starting role with Blake Griffin in trade shutdown mode, and he is 44% rostered. Funny thing here. I'm not sure he outperforms Royce O'Neal going forward. Now, for Bay, he has one monster game that's hard pushing his numbers right now. He had that 30-point, 12-rebound game where he shot 85% and made all of his free throws. So if you look at him over the last week, his numbers are dramatically inflated. What I think we need to look at here is more the aggregate with Bay. What is he going to be? And we don't fully know yet because he didn't play a ton of minutes to start the year. He's a rook. 
He's 21. He'll be 22 in April, so he's not super young. He actually had a, a little bit of college under his belt before getting drafted. And he's looked pretty good. You know, he had 12 rebounds, four, and then seven in these last three games where he's played bigger minutes. Nine total assists over those three games. The the big 30-burger uh, blended in there. He has 12 three-pointers. The things that look like they're probably going to stick. He does seem to be a pretty good three-point shooter. He's averaging two three-pointers on 41% from downtown in 20 minutes a game so far this year. So if you extrapolate that to 30 minutes a game, and he might even eclipse that mark until he runs out of gas you could see someone that gets close to three three-pointers a game, which by itself makes him somewhat fantasy relevant. The 30-point game, that that likely won't stick. You're probably looking at someone who's going to be much closer to the 12 to 14 range. The rebounding, it's unclear if that holds in any meaningful way. He is 6'8", but he's a younger guy, and so ultimately he probably ends up getting pushed around a little bit. I would expect him somewhere in the five range for rebounds four to five probably between two and three assists and then steals are also kind of a question mark he's averaging just half a steal in 20 minutes of ball game so get him up to 30 you know maybe that gets to 0.8 but i'd love to see him clear one and he doesn't block any shots at all no he has one i think the entire year so you're talking about uh call it 13 five and two and a half with two point five two point six three pointers yeah that probably puts him inside the top 100 and there's a little bit of upside should anything click for him or you know fatigue of an nba season doesn't wear on him which seems somewhat unlikely he's an ad i mean he's in the ad category that's why we're talking about him here at this point on the show i also just want to temper everybody's expectations because the the stuff he does well is a bit more common meaning three pointers are a little common you really have to separate yourself there for it to be a big time impact thing and then a lot of the other stuff he's just kind of like he's fine at but not ultra special i would i think if i had to rank the three guys we've talked about maladone would be my favorite then bay then o'neill probably the last one because you know with royce you are banking on the crazy low turnovers to make sure his nine cat value doesn't slip at all and then the other thing i wanted to mention here is i wanted to celebrate our uh, streamer with benefits from last week, which was Ricky Rubio. And the week before, actually. That was two weeks ago we did a Rubio thing. We're like, look, you got to pick him up just in case something clicks. And then all of a sudden, D'Angelo Russell was out a month. And Rubio's gone completely buck wild here. Last couple of ball games. What, what, 20 and 13 in the last one, right? They play tonight. It's Friday. They're, they got a game coming up here in a couple of hours. They're hosting the Raptors. Uh, 16 and 5, 13 and 8. 20 and 13. The only thing he hasn't done suddenly is the steals went away, but you know those level off with him. They always do. He's a big-time steals guy. He's uh, he's come around. He's come around in a big, big way. And the, the funny thing, too, with Rubio is he's number 122 over this stretch on 14 points, nine assists, and two three-pointers because he's at .3 steals. If you push that towards one or one and change, then... He's basically cruising at like a top 60 clip over this stretch. So you might be looking at top 60 point guard here while D'Angelo Russell's out. And then Minnesota will have a decision to make. Do they let Rubio continue to run things? If you've picked him up, you hope that they continue to play okay. And they've been okay lately. They've lost a lot of close games. Lost by six in overtime to Indy. Lost by eight to the Lakers. Beat the Raptors. 
Lost by six to Charlotte, seven to the Clippers, five to the Mavs, two to the Thunder, beat the Thunder, lost by three to the Spurs, lost by two to the Cavs, beat them by five. They are playing a ton of extremely tight ball games right now. And Rubio's been a big part of why. Suddenly he's getting the ball to the scores where his predecessor, Russell, kind of wasn't really. So he's not any, I mean, he's obviously an ad, but he was an ad two weeks ago when we talked about him then, but I, I thought I'd, we'd add a little bit on to the discussion there. Uh, holds, let's talk about the holds. Kelly Olynyk is a hold. I know he had a couple of slower ball games, kind of bounced back with a better one recently. He's now at number 111 on a per-game basis this year. He has played in 28 ball games, so by totals, he is beyond that mark. Duncan Robinson is a hold. He's had a couple of better ones. Uh, it, it's still been... Very much an up-and-down season so far for for Duncan, largely with his shooting percentage suffering. He's at 161, and it's it's almost all field goal percent related. If field goal percent comes back, everything seems to come back. Because he's playing giant minutes, 33 minutes a ball game. It's just the shot hasn't been dropping. You, you can't find guys like that on the waiver wire playing 33 minutes and taking eight, nine, three-pointers a game. Gallo is a hold. He's been bad. Lately, his shot's just not falling. I mean, it's a pretty pretty clear... This is where the math is on our side with Gallinari. He's shooting 39.5% from the field. He just doesn't have his stroke. He's shooting 94% on medium-volume free throws already. But if the field goal percent sticks in that super low mark, he doesn't do other stuff to make up for it. Like, he's never been... He's at 0.8.4 as steals and blocks throughout his career... He's at 0.2 and 0.1 right now. So that's another thing that'll come back with him. It's just taking a while. He's had a couple of games in there where he showed some signs of life. There was a 20-point game. Then he had a 16-point game. And then last time out, he had just nine. I mean, it's the shot. You know, he went three for 13. So the, the attempts are generally there these days when he's playing the minutes, but he's just, he's missing. He's missing everything. Could not throw a stone in the ocean these days. Last year with Oklahoma City, shot 44%. Early in his career, he was mired in the 41 range. He's been much closer to 44 during regular seasons lately. And I would think uh, that it that probably works its way back into that mark. So he's a hold. Thaddeus Young's a hold. I only put him on there because he had a game where he got in foul trouble and some people were like, oh no, and but didn't need to be. Derek Rose is probably the hardest call on this chunk. I'm calling him a hold for now and... Lord knows by the end of the weekend, he might not be anymore. They are, uh, the Knicks are supposed to play the Spurs tomorrow. I don't think that game's been wiped off the board yet. Might be by the time you listen to this podcast. In any event, I thought Derrick Rose would be slowly ramping up with the Knicks, and uh, he's been basically just stuck between 19 and 24 minutes off the bench. They have not given him any additional run. I still think that with Tibbs, eventually he's going to turn him loose a little bit more. But he's splitting his time in the shooting guard bucket with R.J. Barrett. Emmanuel quickly is doing a lot of ball handling in that second unit. He doesn't have the sort of you-run-this-group pull that he had in Detroit. And without that, there's not a whole lot there. So that's why he might end up being a cut. But for now, he's in the hold section. That might end up getting moved. Uh, let's do the watch list and the drops really fast because the streamers are, are kind of fun this week, and I want to spend a couple of minutes on those as opposed to racing through them. 
the drops. Jeff Green is a drop for me. I don't think anybody in Brooklyn outside of the big three and Joe Harris is going to get up and over that hump. The other Knicks, some of the names we just talked about, Emmanuel Quickly, Alec Burks, Alfred Payton, all of those guys to me belong on waiver wires. They are negative impact players on fantasy teams at the moment. Watch list, guys. Mark Gasol. Uh... What the hell ended up with Kyle Kuzma? Oh, there he is in the streamer section. I almost forgot. I thought maybe I forgot to put him on my list. Marcus Sol is on my watch list because he had one good game filling in for Anthony Davis, and then he had one more quiet game. But in this weird world where, you know, if the Lakers decide they want to go sort of big and lumbering, which doesn't seem sustainable, keep an eye on him. Uh, Michael Carter-Williams is in my watch list, guys, because I do think that job is his, but it's not clear that his fantasy game is going to translate in category leagues. It might still. It could. Uh, but with Fournier back and Aaron Gordon probably coming back on the other side of the All-Star break, uh, the usage is going to be next to nil. He becomes kind of an assists spe- steals specialist and maybe hovers in that like seven to nine point per game range. Cam Reddish is on my watch list because I haven't seen enough of his fantasy game to think that it's going to translate to top 100 value. Jay Sean Tate is on my watch list because he, like all of the other wings in Houston, has as good a shot as anybody at getting those wing minutes if the Rockets ever got healthy. But of course, games in Texas right now are getting uh, postponed left and right due to weather. I hope everybody down there is is staying safe. Pacers-Rockets on Saturday just got postponed. The uh, Mavericks-Rockets game that was set for tonight got postponed, and uh, we don't know exactly when they're going to get going again, hopefully by the end of the weekend, but uh, hard to say. It's uh, it's it's not great. It's not great, Bob. Uh, what else we got on the the watch list? Pat Beverly's on my watch list. I, I'm, I mean, I'm on the cusp of adding him already, but he's on the watch list because his minutes haven't gotten as high as I need them to, and I'm not convinced that they definitely do. He's also a guy you don't have to preemptively add because no one else in your league is really staring down Pat Beverly, but if all of a sudden he's back into that 27 to 29 range, then he becomes an ad. So he's a watch list that may be on his way to being an ad, and then Evita Zubats is perma watch list because you want a center who's going to give you top 120 production all the time forever? Well, there you go. And now, maybe my favorite thing this week, we have some serious streamers to talk about this week. I mean, some serious damn streamers. But before I do, I want to shout out our buddies at expressvpn.com slash hoopball. That is our specialty link. Go to expressvpn.com. Ha! As I was reading it, I realized that I wrote down just express.com. That, I believe, is menswear. Right? <laughs> Don't go there. Go to expressvpn.com slash hoopball and get an extra three months with your 12-month plan, meaning by a year they give you 15 months. It is the number one trusted VPN in the country. Every device in your life secured. No one can track you. Your online activity is your business. It can also hide your whereabouts. So if you wanted to use uh, streaming services without restrictions, this is a way to do it. YouTube, Netflix, HBO Max, ESPN, Hulu, whatever, Prime Video, all of these types of things use your location to determine the things that you can see. VPNs can actually work around that. And this is maybe my favorite part. It doesn't slow you down. 
I've used VPNs before in the past that make everything a slog. They're checking this, they're checking that. Each web, web page takes a few extra seconds to, to load. ExpressVPN doesn't have that. It's the fastest VPN. Rock solid privacy, no compromises. Check them out now. Again, expressvpn.com slash hoopball. If you want privacy with your internet browsing and you want to rapidly expand your ability to do things like, I don't know, downloading stuff, or streaming stuff without restrictions, that's the place to do it. ExpressVPN.com slash hoopball. Go get one of those bad boys. They're checking us out right now. They want to see if Dan Bespris can move a couple units. Show them I can. Streamers. My favorite streamer right now is Willie Hernan Gomez. And I pray to the good Lord that by the time this podcast drops, which is going to be like right when games start on Friday that we get word that Steven Adams is officially out for the Pelicans. They play the Suns at uh, 5 o'clock Pacific time, so an hour, basically an hour after the podcast comes out. If Hernan Gomez is getting the start in that game, he, he's going to rebound up a storm because DeAndre Ayton is not drawing a ton of fouls on opposing big men. The Suns do actually quite a bit of jump shooting. So you don't see opposing big men get into a, a boatload of foul trouble. And that would be the one thing I'd be worried about with Hernan Gomez. But he's just going to be out there gobbling up rebounds like they're going out of style. Another thing that's nice is that uh, DeAndre Ayton is not floating away from the basket. So Ger- Hernan Gomez isn't going to have to chase him out to the three-point line. He's going to be in the paint, around the paint, boxing out and, and close to those. He's a rebounding monster. He plays no defense, but the Pelicans seemingly have given up on that at this point. So... Oh, I love it. Whatever games we can get out of him, like, you could see him average 15 rebounds a game here while Steven Adams is out. While, again, not playing defense, so it's a big step down for the Pels, but fantasy-wise, that's juicy as hell. Oh, it's my favorite one. I, I'm so excited. As soon as we saw Adams tweak an ankle, I just went out and I grabbed Hernan Gomez in every games cap place I could find him. Matisse Thibel is an interesting streamer right now because Shake Milton is out for the 76ers and Ben Simmons is battling an illness of some kind, a non-COVID illness. And if Thibel gets another start, then you got to roll him out there because he'll probably get you five defensive stats. And, I mean, you don't have to do anything else. You can basically put up goose eggs in every other category and with five defensive stats, that'll float you. Nerland's Noel is, is a good example of someone who pretty much doesn't do anything else. And uh, he only averages three defensive stats a game, and he's still number 118 on the year. En total. Uh, combined defensive stats are an insane barometer, and you guys know how much I love those. My, I mean, Miles Turner, he's at 4.6 combined defensive stats. Uh, if, with Thibault, you really could get five. You really could get to five in starters minutes. He's that insane on the defensive side. He has no offensive game whatsoever, and he doesn't rebound or pass very much, so there's going to be a big old hole there. But streamer-wise, you want to pick up 10 defensive stats in two games? That's your guy. Kyle Kuzma is on the streamers list, and he has sort of long stream value here. He was not great in the first game without Anthony Davis. He was a little better against the Nets, and that's probably a better estimate of what he's going to be doing, which still has issues fantasy-wise. He's uh, scoring and he's rebounding better this year. Rebounding in particular has gone way up for him. And he'll hit you a three-pointer and a half. 
maybe a little more than that if he's playing big-time starters minutes, but minimal defensive stuff. Bad percentages, both of them, field goal and free throw, are net negatives for Kuz. And you know, he makes a ton of sense in points leagues, and he's probably going to get to the edge of value in category leagues, but it'll be tight. Like, he's going to need to shoot the ball well or something's going to have to improve beyond just the counting stuff. I'm less excited about Kuz than I think maybe some other analysts are. And a couple of big man streamers floating around for the Kings. If Rashawn Holmes has to miss any additional time, Nemanja Bielitsa and Hassan Whiteside have both been kind of interesting. Bielitsa has been the better of the two. Whiteside, if you're hunting rebounds and blocks. Bielitsa, if you're hunting threes and sort of a smattering of across-the-board stuff, a couple boards, a couple of assists, you know, you know how his stuff works. And he's been, he's been a really useful fantasy player in Sacramento with the Nemanja Bielitsa voodoo doll we've talked about on this podcast before where someone was always hurt and that allowed him to play until this year. But that that's seemingly a very short-term thing. Robert Williams in Boston, who's now the backup center instead of the backup to the backup center with Daniel Tice out, but I don't think that's going to be a particularly long one. And then maybe the one that lasts a little bit longer, Jermichael Green, uh, Paul Millsap, he's getting ruled out a day in advance after getting his knee busted by Alex Caruso, kind of fell into the side of it. Jermichael Green puts up pretty good numbers. Uh, per minute guy is decent. He's not going to score a ton playing with the first unit in Denver, but rebounds pretty well. Uh, percentages are solid, hits the three ball. You know, threes, rebs, percentages, that type of stuff. And if he's playing starters minutes, he'll probably get you a steal per ball game as well. So I like Jermichael Green. He's an interesting streamer here too, but boy, if you can get yourself a whole boatload of Willie Hernan Gomez's and see how long he can hang on to, uh, well, not so much hanging on, but see how long Steven Adams is out. That would be, this This could be fun. Let, let's hope it's a couple of ball games. Let's, let's hope we can enjoy it for more than one night. Want to remind everybody here in the middle of the program, this is our hoop balls got to earn a earn a living uh that you got to go check out some of our premium stuff at hoop ball in particular the wager pass has just been so good lately so good lately devin ellington had himself a five and one college night yesterday on thursday he's now plus money in college basketball he's plus money in nba so devin plus money in anything that bounces and goes through a hoop troy plus money in the nba vince plus money in the nba I lost my one play on Thursday that actually took me from plus money to negative. So I'm basically break even. How would you like if I told you you could have, I've made 174 plays and I'm break even in the NBA. (laughs) It's crazy, right? So 174 times two hours and 15 minutes. That's how much entertainment you got. And uh, it's free effectively because we broke even but that's not i'm not satisfied with that i need to get above money maybe we'll get it tonight wager pass is 9.99 a month and it has more than paid for itself if you've picked the right follow meaning like with devin he's earned you six units troy's earned you 14 units if you followed those two guys they've been warm in the nba all season long to this point i don't know what your unit bet is what's your normal bet 10 20 30 40 50 bucks that times 20 is what those two guys have won you If your normal bet is 20 bucks, you're up 400. So, you know, two and a half months of the wager pass. Yeah, I think that's probably paid for itself. So check it out. It's $9.99 a month. Hoopball 360 has the wager pass and 
our full season fantasy package. And the beauty of all of this, not only do you get the picks and the analysis, but you also get the Discord access. Discord, of course, for those that have not ventured into it, is basically a fancy chat room. If any of you guys have used Slack, it's not that different from Slack. It's a fancy chat room where those of us who are on the packages and the pros here at HoopBall just talk betting and fantasy all day. We do Q&As. We have tweet storms. It's awesome in there. It's just knowledge flying and winners flying. And very excited to announce that first thing next week, the Wager Pass will be adding a player prop expert and a golf and hockey expert. So we're getting even more sports being covered in the HoopBall Wager Pass. Really cool stuff going on there. So check that out, hoop-ball.com. Click on the premium tab. Get yourself a wager pass for $9.99 a month. Then go open up an account at mybookie.ag with promo code HoopBall. Make that first deposit and holler at your boy here, Dan. I will get you a prize. You can holler at me in two very easy ways. On Twitter, at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Or email me, teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. No recruiting pitch on today's show. You've heard them all week long. If you haven't figured it out by now, well, you don't need me to tell you on Friday. Weekend preview portion of the proceedings now. We will look at each team's upcoming ball game. Made a little pop noise there by accident. And let you know what to look for in the games. There are nine, I believe there are nine games after various postponements and unpostponements happening here on Friday. Golden State is in Orlando. I'm watching Michael Carter-Williams in particular on that Orlando side and really nothing for the Warriors, although it sounds like James Wiseman's due back soon. He was not a nine-cat fantasy guy at the time of his injury. I have no reason to think he will be. Draymond Green, questionable, but uh, that doesn't have much to do with the fantasy side of things anyway. Denver is in Cleveland. The Cavaliers with Drummond officially on the trade leave block right now. We'll see if the Cavs, after a few days off, a chance to kind of catch their breath back at home after a long and horrible 0-5 road trip in which they lost to these Denver Nuggets by almost 40 points. We'll see if anyone for the Cavs can step up a little bit. It's not looking like it, by the way. They really need Kevin Love back, and he's not that far anymore. For Denver, uh, we already talked about streaming Jermichael Green. Facundo Campazzo has played pretty well lately for the Nuggets, but with Monte Morris back, I don't know that he's going to see enough to be 12-team relevant. Chicago in Philadelphia. The only thing really to track here is how many minutes... Wendell Carter Jr. would get if he's not in Joel Embiid-related foul trouble. So this might not be the best game to pull data on Wendell Carter Jr. Philly, kind of nothing. Ben Simmons out, so probably can stream, or maybe out. He's game-time decision. If he is, you can stream Tybal. Otherwise, uh, nothing there. Atlanta in Boston. Everything with Atlanta revolves around, from a fantasy standpoint, whether or not Gallo is hitting his shots and whether or not the opposition is trapping Trey Young on pick and roll. When they're trapping him, other guys get an artificial bump, and he struggles. Trey's sitting you know, near the edge of the top 50 in nine-cat leagues this year. And the, and the sad part is, he's I would call him a buy low, except you're probably still not going to be able to get him. Because a lot of his issue is 4.2 turnovers. You know, he has these giant explosions where even if you have Trey Young, you don't feel like you're getting screwed but his field goal percent has been quite bad this year, 42.9. And uh, scoring and three-pointers are down this year also. 
He's sort of quietly having not as great of a season. And that's tough. You need someone to be loudly not having a good season if you want them to be a buy low, like Kemba Walker or Davis Bertans, like we had last week. It's just hard to find this season. Not much with Boston. Daniel Tice's health is uh, kind of it, and then the ripple effect that has. Phoenix, nothing. Curious if Dario Saric ever ends up playing more minutes, but I doubt it. Jay Crowder seems like he's pretty locked into that power forward spot. Pels, come on, let's get some Hernan Gomez stream in action. Thunder, Maladone, that's your watch list guy. I mean, he's an ad at this point, but you're keeping an eye on him. The Bucks, sounds like Drew Holiday's still out. It seems like maybe he has it. He's missed a, I think he's at over a week now. Um, anything else on that Milwaukee side? Eh, not really. I don't even like the fill-ins for Drew. They've been ugly. They have been playing well at all. Bucks have looked bad. After beating up on the Nuggets, I think. Wasn't that last? That was the last one time they looked pretty competent. Detroit in Memphis. Sadiq Bay is the story in that ball game on the Memphis side. We still don't have word on DeAnthony Melton. Got an update on Jaron Jackson Jr. I think they're targeting to get him back outside of the All-Star break. So that would be that would be good if you've been sitting on him for uh, be two and a half months by that point. Youch. Toronto, Kyle Lowry, questionable. Doesn't matter. We understand that team pretty well. Minnesota, I think we understand that team pretty well these days too. Hoping Jared Vanderbilt could have gotten over the hump, but he didn't. So leave it alone. Utah in L.A. taking on the Clippers rematch. Jazz, they're an easy handicap. Clippers, eh, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, both questionable. So that's great news, which, you know, it's telling me even if they don't play here, at least the Paul George thing, he's getting close. He's not being ruled out a day in advance. They're actually feeling like he's closing in on being able to play. And I hope what the Clippers have done here is they've let him get to a point where it's not going to get re-aggravated. Like, don't rush him back now. Let him sit another week or two if you have to. So you have them the rest of the season. Turning the card over to Saturday, Charlotte. I don't know. I don't know that there's anything we really need to check in on with that team. Not much. Cody Zeller. All, like, all those guys are pretty startable these days. P.J. Washington. Sounds like he's not on the health and safety protocol report anymore. So maybe he's a guy you could buy low on if, if folks... Forgot how well he was playing before his injuries and covid things. Heat, Duncan Robinson, can he warm up? Kelly Olenek, he's sort of perpetually someone we're keeping tabs on. Lakers, Kuzma, Marc Gasol, we need to get an idea on fill-in stuff here. Jump over Phoenix and Memphis. Sacramento, they're dealing with some injuries right now. Rashawn Holmes, Harrison Barnes have been dinged up which has created some streaming avenues. Washington is in Portland on Saturday as well. Wizards, I talked about them being Russ, Beal, and Davis, and now finally Davis is actually fantasy relevant. And then with Portland, you're pretty much sitting on Dame, Cantor, and Rocco with streaming Gary Trent, uh, and hopefully we'll have C.J. McCollum back in the next two weeks or so. That would be really nice. And then we turn the card over to Sunday because a couple teams, amazingly, aren't playing these, uh, these last two days. Did that Knicks game actually get postponed tomorrow? Yeah, I think that one might actually be off the board. I still saw it on my my uh, odds tracker website, but it looks like if I flip over to the box score website, it is gone. So uh, Spurs don't play until God knows when. 
elsewhere over the weekend. Now we're into Sunday. Um, I think the Knicks might be the only team we haven't taken a peek at here yet. And for them, Derek Rose, Manuel Quickly, all that stuff is worth monitoring, although I remain relatively pessimistic on whether or not most of those guys are going to end up on a fantasy team. And that, ladies and gents, is your slightly more rapid-fire iteration of our Friday Week in Review show. These ones usually take me an hour, and I think we might get it done in about 45 minutes today. So that is really good, although at the same time it means that this was not a hyper-hot week for full-season ads. Those are the guys that usually take some time at the front end of this podcast, and uh, we really only had three like three and a half, because I didn't bother putting repeat offenders in there this week. If you're if you're wondering who the repeat offenders are, just go back and listen to some other Friday podcasts. We we do this every week, and uh, it's fun. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Uh, so again, uh, the the things on the docket here. We've we've got a lot of games this weekend that we want to track, find out if any of these guys fall off or or pick up steam. Please do hit me up. If you have any questions on our premium products at HoopBall, we'd love to see you get one of those in some capacity. And then if you get one, you got to get into the Discord. So bug me for that as well. I'm, I'm largely in control of getting folks into that thing. So um, yeah, you're, you're, not a, you're not a pain at all. That again is at Dan Vespers on Twitter or email teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Uh, also, expressvpn.com slash hoopball. Really need to move a couple of units over there and get them renewed for a, a longer-term partnership. And also, again, big thank you to all of you those that have been rating and reviewing the show. And that's it. Oh, youtube.com slash hoopball. Go subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. I am Dan Bestris. This is another week in the books. Back at you Monday with reverse chronological lightning round. We'll take a look back at all of these games over the weekend. Find out if any of these players made a difference, and if something popped up that perhaps we weren't expecting on the docket. But again, these are the guys, when we talk about the preview for the weekend, these are the guys where I'm really focusing my energy when you're running around trying to take care of other things. you got to be able to check in and say, okay, here's the list of dudes I wanted to check in on. If I'm low on time, I can isolate and pick them apart. Have a great couple of days, everybody. Be safe. We'll talk to you Monday morning. So long. This has been a Hoop Ball presentation.